What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about actor Michael Sarah in the movie Ad Astra. Let's first talk about actor Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah first became known on the sitcom Arrest Development in 2003, but he did not become a household name until 2007 with the release of the movie Superbad, where he plays Evan alongside Jonah Hill, who is Seth. Superbad is one of the best comedies of this generation. It is the most rewatchable movie maybe ever made. And I think what's different about the movie and what separates it from most comedies is the performance of Michael Sarah. His character is really sweet in a really ridiculously funny way. I think that's what Michael Sarah brings to most of his movies is this kindness kind of thing he's got going on. Like I can't see Michael Sarah playing a dirtbag. And, and there's something comforting about that and about him in movies overall. After Superbad, Michael Sarah appears next in Juno with Ellen Page. I mean, this is a sweet movie about teenage pregnancy that becomes like the smash indie hit almost ever. Jason Reitman's film, Jason Bateman's also in the movie. Jennifer Gardner has a really good performance in the movie. But Michael Sarah plays this jock who gets his girlfriend pregnant. It's a really sweet movie about something that's really real and that happens to people. And I, I really like Michael Sarah in this movie. His chemistry with Ellen Page is off the charts. It's, again, it's not just a silly comedy. I think Michael Sarah can be in these silly comedies and he can add warmth to them. And then he can be in a movie like Juno and be the warm. His character, he is super nice in the movie Juno. Again, he has some flaws because who, what kind of teenager would be well dealing with pregnancy in that way? Like, I don't know. His character, I think, reacts the way most people would want people to react to that situation. I really like the movie Juno. I think it's one of Jason Reitman's best work. And one of the reasons is because of Michael Sarah. Him and Ellen Page carry this movie. I think it's an underrated Michael Sarah performance. I mean, Jason Bateman's great in it too. And Ellen Page gets most of the credit for that movie. But Michael Sarah, to me, is also really good in the movie Juno. Sarah was in this movie, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist with Kate Dennings, the girl from Two Broke Girls. I really think it's one of his most underrated movies. It's a small, independent movie. Again, his character in it is flawed. It's this relation. He's really good in relationship movies. I mean, with Ellen Page and Juno, with Jonah Hill and Superbad, and now with this. If there's a movie about a relationship, I think Michael Sarah is the actor to go to for those kind of movies. He really can be in a relationship. Again, it doesn't even have to be a romantic one but there's a movie about two people who in this generation has done it better than Michael Sarah. he can be both hilarious in these movies and he can also bring this warm likable side to these characters again both characters can be likable but I think in all these instances Michael Sarah is the most likable of those duos and I think that's something that's really hard to do on a screen again his characters are flawed in like all of these movies but again, these movies are about relationships, and he's really good at being in movies about relationships. Then you have the best Michael Sarah movie to date, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. A comic book about a relationship, him and Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who plays Ramona Flowers. The movie is about his countless attempts to become the boyfriend of Ramona Flowers while going up against her former boyfriends. Kieran Culkin is in the movie, Jason Schwartzman is in the movie, Chris Evans has the best cameo of his career in this movie. This is the career-defining performance of Michael Sarah. He is amazing in this movie. He's a musician in this movie. It is the most Michael Sarah character of all time, and I cannot get enough of this movie. I think it's one of the most 
underrated movies ahead of its time before comic book movies really became what they are today. Michael Sarah was in this movie directed by Edgar Wright. It is the best performance of Michael Sarah's career as Scott Pilgrim. I mean, the scenes with Kieran Culkin, Anna Kendrick is in this movie, Aubrey Plaza in this movie. All the people in this movie have become stars. This is the career-defining performance of Michael Sarah. If you have not seen Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, I could not recommend it any higher. I think what Michael Sarah does in movies is that he sets the tone for an entire movie like Scott Pilgrim, like Juno, like Superbad. The movie to me, almost, if I see Michael Sarah in it, I understand what the tone of this movie is going to be. It's going to be silly, it's going to be fun, and it's going to be somewhat dramatically based in reality, which I always enjoy. Scott Pilgrim has some things to say about some things. I really enjoyed the movie Scott Pilgrim. It is so good. Again, the scenes with Kieran Culkin, the scenes with Anna Kendrick, his scenes with Allison Pill, who's also in the movie. Everyone in that movie is just... He kind of sets the tone for the entire movie. I really think he's one of the best leading actors we have. Again... Juno, super bad. He doesn't get credit because he's not this, like, he's not Chris Evans in that typical style, but Michael Sarah to me, sets the tones of his movies, and he does it so well. Few other actors do it so well, where you're like, you see Michael Sarah on the screen, and you kind of understand what the tone of the movie is going to be. Then in a movie where celebrities are playing fictionalized versions of themselves, a horror movie slash comedy, this is the end. Michael Sarah steals the movie as playing a fictionalized version of himself who is addicted to cocaine. His scene with Rihanna is the funniest thing I've ever seen, and his scene in the bathroom with Jay Baruchel is so good. He's the only one in that movie who is down to play this insane style. Like, I think he's the only one in the movie really acting, acting, and I think it's one of the best Michael Zare performances of all time. He steals that movie. That's the scene. That's why that movie is so rewatchable because what Michael Sarah is doing. Jay Baruchel is also all time good in that movie. Of course, I love Seth Rogen and James Franco and Craig Robinson, Danny McBride, but make no mistake, Michael Sarah should have been nominated for like a Golden Globe for that performance. It's one of the funniest things of all time that he was willing to. To just play in that movie that's so silly. Like, he's the silliest thing in a movie where guys are playing fictionalized versions of themselves. So I think he's the only one who's really doing the silly version of who he is. And I think it's it's just downright hilarious. He's also lent his voice to some really good voice work in the movie Sausage Party, which is also a Seth Rogen movie. But more specifically, Lego Batman. His Lego Robin is the funniest voice performance of this decade. I think it's the best voice performance. It's not from a Pixar movie. It's not Tom Hanks in Toy Story 4. It is Michael Sarah in Lego Batman playing Orphan Robin is some of the funniest bits I've ever seen in a movie where Batman is training Robin to just listen to him. It's some of the funniest stuff in a movie ever. And again, it's just bound in like you hear Michael Sarah's voice and you just go to this place where it's about to get really silly but down to earth. Like I'm just, I'm really a big fan of Michael Sarah. And I think he's so underrated in his style and his comedy. I think he's one of the funniest people on earth and he doesn't even have to try to be so, or at least it doesn't look like he's trying. Like I get it that he is trying, but I think he's so naturally funny that he just works. And even his voice in a movie, 
he, his Robin is so good to Will Arnett's silly Batman that, again, he kind of steals the movie from Will Arnett. He's the best thing in the Lego Batman movie that has a great Zach Galifianakis as Joker and a great Will Arnett as Batman. But, again, Michael Cera as Robin is what makes that movie one of the best animated movies I've seen in quite a while. He also played a celebrity poker player in the movie Molly's Game. I thought he was really good in that. He play, he plays the character Player X. He's really cold in that movie. It's not really that funny. He's also in the drama Gloria Bell, where Julianne Moore plays his mom. He has a baby in that one. It's really dramatic. I think Michael Sarah. I can't wait to see the next stage of Michael Sarah. I think he's so interesting. I think he's funny. I think he can do drama. But also, I see him, and I just want to laugh. I mean, there was this rumor going around a few years ago that he was going to play Gilligan in the Gilligan's Island movie. I think that would have been fantastic. I'm all here for that. If that ever happens, I think he's the only one person I think that could pull that off. Listen, he gets a lot of comparisons to Jesse Eisenberg, and I understand that comparison, and I love both of them dearly. I just think Michael Sarah is his own unique thing, and I'm interested in watching actors who are unique and interesting, and nobody is as unique as interesting as Michael Sarah. So if you have listened to this podcast and you want to see more, Michael Sarah movies. Here's the list of Michael Sarah movies you need to see. First of all, you need to see the sitcom Arrested Development because it's hilarious. Super bad. Juno, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, This is the End, Sausage Party, Lego Batman, Molly's Game, and Gloria Bell. Gloria Bell. Those are the quintessential Michael Sarah movies, and he is by far the best thing in almost all of those movies. Check them out. Michael Sarah. he's so underrated. He's one of the best leading comedic actors we have working today in Hollywood. He is funny. He is downright hilarious. Again, he is just Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. This is the end. Super bad. Juno, he picks the right things to be in, and then he sets his tone of comedy, which is just witty and silly and just downright hilarious. I think Michael Sarah is one of the funniest peoples on planet Earth, and I don't think he gets credit for being so. More people need to give Michael Sarah the credit for just downright hilarious he is. Like, I love Seth Rogen and that group of actors, but all of the people that come out of that, the Jonah Hills, the Seth Rogens, Michael Sarah is by far my favorite actor. Now let's switch gears and talk about one of the biggest movies of 2019 so far, Ad Astra starring Brad Pitt. Here's a quick synopsis of the movie. In the near future, astronaut Roy McBride is assigned to go to Mars to make contact with his father, astronaut Clifford McBride, thought to be a hero who's been lost on Neptune for 16 years and all. Also thought to be dead. Here are my thoughts on this movie that I really liked. First of all, the year of Brad Pitt continues with this and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think Brad Pitt is definitely going to be nominated for an Oscar, and he should definitely win one for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But I also think there's a case to be made he should be nominated for two: one for lead actor for Ad Astra, and the other for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. What Brad Pitt is willing to do in this movie is nuts given what he's been through in his fame what he's dealing with fame i think this says a lot about brad pitt as an actor and the fact that he's willing at 54 years old to make this movie is really interesting to me i think it's one of his best performances 
ever. Again, him and Roy, as Roy McBride, it's just so interesting. It's one of the best movies of 2019 I've seen. Also in the movie, you have Ruth Nega, Tommy Lee Jones, Donald Sutherland, and Liv Tyler, who I think are all stellar in small supporting roles. The one performance of this movie other than Brad Pitt that I'm really has me thinking about a lot of things is Ruth Nega. She she is a character who is who Brad Pitt's character, Roy McBride, meets on Mars. Her family has been like destroyed because of his father it's so interesting the relationship between that two she's kind of a calming and unnerving presence in the movie again a lot of people are criticizing this movie because there's not a lot of females in this movie there's only two female characters that are real important to this Liv Tyler who is Roy McBride's ex-wife and Ruth Nega who again is a mysterious character on Mars who's been affected by Brad Pitt's family in a really bad way, his character's family in a really bad way. But I also think that people who are criticizing the movie for that are missing the entire point of the movie. I think Brad Pitt's character, Roy McBride, is somebody who cannot get close enough to human beings in general. It's not about women. It's not about men. He doesn't have any close friends. So for him to be surrounded by women in this movie, I think would have been a lie in general. His father, played by Tommy Lee Jones, Clifford McBride, has instilled in Roy McBride this idea that work is everything and you should not get close to anyone outside of work. It is all about work all the time. So yes, you can say Liv Tyler should have more screen time. You can say Ruth Nega should have more screen time. But that defeats the purpose of the entire movie. The entire movie is about how this guy is a lonely guy in space of all places. Again, it's the space is the best way to explore this idea of loneliness. And James Gray, I think, does a masterful do- job of doing that. And Brad Pitt, there's a lot of scenes in this movie where he is alone and a lot of people didn't like it. I enjoyed it because I think space is the best place to explore these really vast ideas. I also want to say I think James Gray is a master filmmaker using a massive film to talk about emotional issues like father-son relationships being distant success driven and making a massive space epic about how earth is what's most important and not the allure of space i think it's easy to make a space movie that's like space is so interesting don't you want to be here and he's making this opposite movie like apollo 13 is a movie about how like oh space is so awesome you should come in space and then this movie is like no space is not everything he questions the idea of us even exploring space at all and not fixing our issues on planet earth films in general are just tremendous you have this you have the lost city of z you have the yards you have two lovers you have we own the night you have some of the best performances ever by Joaquin Phoenix and then in this movie you get a great Brad Pitt performance in Lost City of Z you get a great Charlie Hunnam performance James Gray gets the best performances from actors in general and he really gets the best there is a really good scenes with Donald Sutherland and Brad Pitt there are really great scenes with Brad Pitt and Tommy Lee Jones and there's some really disturbing scenes with Brad Pitt and Liv Tyler and Brad Pitt and Ruth Nega I mean he just gets the best performances out of these actors who are barely in the movie I don't think and I don't a lot of people are saying, wow, these actors are barely in this movie. I don't think any other director could have made these characters even interesting with that kind of lack of screen time. There is a lot of voiceover in this movie, and a lot of people have criticized that Terrence Malick uses a lot of voiceover. James Gray 
use voiceover for the first time in this one. He got the idea from Francis Ford Coppola's movie, where, of course, Martin Sheen uses a lot of voiceover in Apocalypse Now. I really enjoy Brad Pitt's voiceover. I think it added a lot to the movie. It took us inside this guy who was not going to... Like, if he had shown the side of him outside of his mind, you would have been like, what is going on here? But because you learned Brad Pitt's character from inside his mind. I think that's the only way we could have learned about his character. I really dug the voiceover. I think it's one of the best aspects of the movie. I wanted more voiceover. I know a lot of people are like, wow, this voiceover is so boring. I want him to have more interaction with human beings. There's a lot of Brad Pitt alone. Heck, this movie has space pirates. This movie has a space monkey. There's enough excitement to go around. I think it was an interesting exploration of a person and why he is this way. He is this way because of his father. He is this way because of his job. He is this way because of space travel there's a lot of reasons why Roy McBride's Brad Pitt's character is the way that he is and the only way the audience is going to fully realize what he is is through his mind and I think the voiceover was the best way of doing this again there were a lot of other ways we could have learned about this character but I think the voiceover way was the most effective way in a movie we were going to learn what's going on with Roy McBride and the fact that he was questioning every single thing that he was doing he knew he had to do it. He knew he had to go after his father. He knew he had to go back in his space. But the entire time, he's questioning the entire existence of his life. And I thought that was really a fascinating way to explore was through voiceover. I'm just going to come out and say it. I think this is one of the best space movies of all time. I think Ad Astra really lived up to the hype to me. It was better than what I ever could have expected. Just a simple idea that there's nothing better out there and that we should appreciate what we have. He used this giant space movie like I love the movie Arrival and the fact that there are aliens it makes you wonder about what's out there this movie does the opposite of Arrival it says Tom Lee Jones character says at one point there is nothing out there but he will not admit he's wasted over 50 years of his life in space like that's something that's remarkable he won't even admit that he loves his son like he's been Tommy Lee Jones is what Brad Pitt's character is going to become and it's this idea of father, son and James Gray has explored this idea in other movies but he's never explored it so genuinely and so honestly I think. I think this was a tremendous movie to do this. Again, this is a blockbuster space movie that's really a character study of this guy who's been in space most of his life because of his father and there are so many scenes where people are talking about his father and how much they worship his father and he knows that he's he's going after something that's going to ruin his father's his his father's you know his his father's legacy and he's questioning whether or not he should even be doing it but he knows deep down he has to see his father again he has to see that he's alive again there are scenes in the movie where he's like i know my dad's dead i know my dad's dead but i think deep down this entire movie he knows the entire time that his father is alive and that his father is not the person he thinks that he is and he knows it because he's been living the same life and he knows that there's nothing else out there and his father just can't can't realize that himself. I think that is a really deep thing to put in, again, a space epic. Again, there are these movies like Star Wars that glamorize space, and it's great. I love space. Who doesn't love space? But again, for a movie to do the opposite and to say, no, Earth should be our number one priority, I think is a really interesting way to make a space movie. 
I just think Ad Astra had more to say than the movie Interstellar. I just think James Gray had a lot to say in this movie that really came off, and I really liked it. It really came off good. It really came off genuine. It really came off honest. I don't think a lot of people were like, oh, James Gray's making his first really big movie to make a buck. I don't think this was to make a buck. I think this was to use a movie star, to use this platform of space movies, to talk about something that's real, a real person's life, a real astronaut. What's that life's about? What? Why is he success-driven? Why won't he be in a relationship with this woman that clearly cares about there's a scene in this movie where Liv Tyler says to him in a voice message you know I'm a real person right like that is a powerful thing Brad Pitt's character has forgotten that there are real people out there because of his space travels. He doesn't care about anything but work. He's not selfish. Like it's, it's, it is selfish, but it's selfish in a different way. Like it's selfish because of work. It's not like he's selfish because he wants money, because he wants fame, because he wants, he's not chasing his father's fame. I don't think he's just chasing his work work ethic that that is the most important thing in his life and i think the end of the movie it really has a positive ending i think where he lands and he goes back to normal life and he meets up with Liv tyler's character i think that's a really positive ending i think it's a really good message to have in a space movie that earth really does matter and i do question nasa in general like what are we doing in space what's the point of it all i really think that this movie is the first the first movie that really explores this in a way that i can really grasp and i can really understand and I can really see what James Gray is saying. And I can really, you know, I really agree with most of the things that's said in this movie. I really think I got this movie more so than most people do. I really like this movie. I think it's one of the best movies in 2019. It's an all-time great Brad Pitt performance, an all-time great James Gray movie. Ruth Nega's really good in it. Donald Sutherland's really good in it. Tommy Lee Jones has some really over-the-top great moments, and then Liv Tyler really fits her role well. I cannot, you should definitely see the space epic movie that it is, Ad Astra. I enjoyed it. I think you'll enjoy it too. Thanks for listening to this episode of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney. There will be a new episode of Pop Culture Spotlight every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. This week, I put the spotlight on actor Michael Sarah in the movie Ad Astra. Next week, I'm talking about actress Jennifer Lawrence, one of the best actresses of our time and the movie Joker starring Joaquin Phoenix directed by Todd Phillips. Don't miss out on that. And hey, while you're at it, check out the Chatter Podcast Network, home of this podcast, Pop Culture Spotlight, and my sports podcast, Head to Head. Check that out. Check out next week's episode and please rate, review, and subscribe. 